This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hey y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Welcome to another Britflix podcast. Today we're talking Mayhem Film Festival with the organisers Stephen Shield and Chris Cook. Welcome to the show. Hello. Hello. Now, do you want to start off by telling us where Mayhem is first? Mayhem is in Nottingham, in the East Midlands of the United Kingdom. And we're based at uh, Broadway Cinema. That's that's been our host cinema ever since we started, which is a fantastic independent cinema uh, in the heart of Nottingham. And it's uh, it's a brilliant location for us. It's a fantastic place to have the festival, and they've been really supportive throughout our run. Yeah, it's got two very beautiful bars, as well as like four really gorgeous cinemas, including one that's been designed by Paul Smith. Oh, very nice. Is it, is it an old is it an old cinema that's been modernised or is it is it a purpose built cinema in in, was, in every times? It was a kind of deco um, cinema. Do you know what I mean very very um, beautiful and they've kept that um, sort of um, style but made it much more glass and much more contemporary. So when you go in there, there's that mix of the very contemporary mm-hmm. and very kind of um, sort of deco ish kind of art deco kind of feel to it, which is lovely. But originally it was uh, it was. What was it? A congregation hall, wasn't it? It was. Uh, it was where was William, William Booth. William Booth, the founder of the Salvation Army. It's where he first kind of gave his life to God. It's where he first saw his kind of. Well, he saw a vision of Jesus there. Yeah. So it's a perfect place uh, to run a horror film festival. <laughs> That's a lovely segue. So, so tell us more about what what Mayhem Fest- Film Festival is. As, as uh, a festival, what type of films are you showing? We, I mean, Mayhem is horror, sci-fi, sci-fi, and cult cinema. So. Mm-hmm. We started off as a purely horror cinema, but then as the festival's gone on and as we've kind of evolved the festival and as the audience has kind of grown with us, uh, we wanted to kind of broaden it out a bit more and include things that didn't necessarily fall squarely under the horror banner. So a few years ago, we threw in sci-fi and cult and, and generally it, it, it's what, you know, we as programmers and curators like you know, in terms of genre, but it's also what we think our audience likes. Yeah, it's true, isn't it, that just as horror's got a very broad base, um, our audience have got a very broad taste as well when it comes to things. They can be quite eclectic. They can like films that take a bit of a risk. They can love stuff that's straight down the middle, hardcore horror. Hmm. Uh, They'll love a bit of sci-fi. So there's a bit of variety um, as well as a kind of core thread of, um, of horror that runs through the four days of the festival. 
Yeah, no, I mean it's something. It's something I've sort of from festivals I've been to. It, it's the idea of the kind of headline grabbing, in your face, visceral horror film being even dominating the program is is rare these days. It's the this 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 term genre as opposed, which I know is not a new word, but it seems to be the new new catch all, which means horror, sci fi, fantasy. And cool, all, yeah. all under one banner now, doesn't it? It's almost like we've got like rom com's not genre, comedy's not genre. <laughs> no, absolutely. I mean, I think I think it's one of those things where the way genre has kind of evolved, you know, amongst people who kind of you know go to festivals to to kind of mean, you know, okay, you know, this you know horror, sci fi, cult, maybe crime, kind of you know that that, mm. that yeah. stuff. fantasy, yeah. I mean, maybe it's stuff that I, I think maybe it's stuff that is generally looked, you know, looked down on <laughs> in a lot of ways. It's stuff mm. that is missed as, oh, that's just that's just genre. That's not proper in the same way that you have literary fiction and genre fiction. You know, that that there is this kind of slightly dismissive thing about about something being genre. Mm. So that things like you know drama isn't seen as genre. Musicals aren't necessarily seen as genre. Rom-coms aren't seen as genre. They're seen as as, you know, just standard types of film yeah they're mainstream aren't yeah they? they're very very mainstream and i think that's what a, a genre film festival like mayhem does is take people away from the mainstream mm. um there's something that's, that's different and and sort of we've got there are sort of two two types of audience i always think when you're programming there's the audience that are there for all four days of the festival you know yeah. what I mean? and they, they're immersing themselves in it so you can really take those people on a journey um, and then there are people that will come for the day or they'll drop into a single or a couple of screenings. You know what I mean? And those people mm. get, get a different flavor of things as well. But you still want them to get tones that are different, a bit of comedy, a bit of straight horror, um, something that's completely left field that they wouldn't have thought of seeing before. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So you need to get a sort of uh, a breadth as well as a depth of the genre, I think. Now, the important piece of information we should also add, having told people where it is, what it is, is when is it? So what dates is the festival? Good question. It's the uh, 12th to the 15th of October. That's mm -hmm. Thursday 12th of October till Sunday the 15th. Including Friday the 13th of October. Oh, well, that's good for a horror festival, isn't it? It is, and we're showing Friday the 13th Part 3 in 3D. That's a fairly... So you've got Mayhem at Mayhem, and you've got Friday the 13th on Friday the 13th. This curated itself, surely. Yeah, that's a very literal festival. I mean, it's also our 13th edition, so, you know, Friday the 13th was kind of like... Is it really? Is it really? It luckiest yeah. thing that's ever happened. Friday the 13th on our 13th edition on Friday the 13th. Yeah. At 1300 hours, it's not at 1300 hours. Yeah. <laughs> I think it could mean that the gates of hell open at that point, but yeah. we'll, we'll or, see. Or that I fall off a stepladder or something. I don't know. <laughs> it could be any of those. Why, out of interest, why the third one? Of 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 what is a huge franchise? Well, it's it's three D. The the third one, okay, I think is uh, there are two favourites I've got. You know, part six and the third one, and they're the ones that are the most fun. Mm -hmm. They're the ones that are the most entertaining. But with the added bonus of a bit of three D, means you have a few pints and you just have more of a laugh. It's more immersive. It's more there's something more ridiculous about Friday the Thirteenth Part Three three D. Uh, about it's kind of pointing towards you all the time. It's thrusting into the, the you know, the, the cinema space. Mm. It's your gun at your head. It's kind of eyes popping out in your lap. I kind of like that. I think it's fun. I think it's a lot. It's it's an entertaining way to celebrate Friday the 13th, the day, on, and the 13th edition of Mayhem. Also, it's kind of the point where Jason becomes kind of iconic, isn't it? He picks up the mask. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah, I always forget that because I mean, I remember it in in the action sense of it becoming much more of a cartoon formula of yes, some mindless killer and some idiot teenagers getting killed because they want to have sex. Whereas there was an element of real horror, I suppose, in the first two. That's right. Yeah, where where they didn't need to kind of gimmick it up, <laughs> but they've gone full gimmick. In part three, three I guess it's as well, because what, what years? What years? Part three is that eight? Eighty-three. Eighty-three. So yeah, <clears throat> 3D wasn't the same year as Jaws 3D. Is that the same? Oh, what! It was brilliant going to the pictures in nineteen eighty-three. Yeah, because <laughs> Jaws 3D, Friday the Thirteenth 3D. Were, weren't all those films out in the very early eighties, like coming out? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, just it's just nuts. Those kind of three D experiences. But Jaws 3D was the worst of them. Yeah. What, in the sense of the 3D itself, or the film? No, just such a bad film. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, not I mean, as bad as George film broke when I was watching it, and some drunks got up on stage to act out what they hoped would be the rest of the film, to a tumultuous round of applause from the audience, which was followed by boos when the projectionist said he'd repaired the film. So I could start playing it again. <laughs> Super. <laughs> much more happy to see two drunks on stage. So, yeah, so one of the things I wanted to ask you, because it's it's um it's it's not often we get to speak to the people that curate film festivals, is is look at the, I mean obviously Pickers on that Friday thirteenth is very much about what your film festival is, what what yeah, the thirtieth anniversary and and falling on Friday the thirteenth makes, mm. makes a great deal of sense. But obviously you're programming new films as part of the festival, that's a key part of it. Um yeah. and I suppose that there's there's the main question I wanted to ask is, can you give us like the journey of, of you as programmers looking for films that are going to be right for mayhem and the journey from when you decide you want something and how, and how you got it? I mean, I don't need to know any kind of commercial confidentiality stuff, but just, just the process, how you go, because you must see much more films than you actually get to program. So yeah, yeah, how, the hell, how the hell do you decide? It is a very long journey. I mean, we're what, about four weeks away from the festival and months ago, um, May and before May, in fact, right from the beginning of the, of the year, mm-hmm. we start really thinking about what we want to do, uh, if we're going to maybe have an event on. But um, the sort of uh, catalyst for stuff is things like Cannes Film Festival, where you think, OK, I'm going to go to Cannes and I'm going to immerse myself in watching dozens upon dozens of brand new, straight out of the edit suites, not seen before, not even got a distributor yet, not got a sales agent in some cases. Mm-hmm. They're not ready yet. Um, horror films, I want to see what's out there and what's happening in the market. But I want to network with other festival directors and I want to meet some of the filmmakers and just see what's out there. So we start off, I think, by getting a feel of what's out there, seeing what's worth chasing, because you'll go to a big marketplace like that and you'll think, yeah, there's stuff out there that we really 100% want. Or... We really have to see. So we'll start, you know, I think like, like kind of April, May, really knuckling down. And then from May onwards, it becomes about seeing as many films as you possibly can all the way through a really long summer of watching film after film after film after film, um, trying to find not just the film that you love, not just those best films, but films that will give you um, a, a programme. Do you know what I mean? Because it's not just like, hey, here's 10 of the best films that are all comedies or mm. all, you know, you've got to find a, you know, a great, really enjoyable science fiction film or a really fantastic horror comedy or um, a really balls out gore movie or, you know what I mean? You've got to find 
that um, variety, that shape of the festival to feel happy about it. Yeah. So it does take months. But in, ter- in terms of the practicalities, I guess, you know, if we if we look at, you know, going to see a film in Cannes, I mean, you you know, you've been to Cannes as well. You know, yeah. it's like in terms of going to market screenings, you know, you get a brochure which is full of, you know, there's something like 100 screenings a day, you know, for a couple of weeks of different films in market screenings. You get the brochure and basically you spend hours looking through it trying you know so you're either looking for, for specific films that you know are going to be there or you're looking for stuff that is genre so you know you're looking for stuff that is horror thriller you know sci-fi whatever and you, you've just got like two lines in the brochure maybe to 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 tell you what that film is because these are films that have just been finished or you know you, you haven't heard of before so you know you sometimes you take a punt on the film you go and see a, a market screening and you see something you like and then you know in can in the market there is you know there are loads of sales agents all of whom are selling their films so you try and find you know in the in the catalog you've got the name of the sales agent for the films so you match them together the you match them together you go and see the sales agent in the market you find out you know what the deal is does it have a uk distributor are they talking to people in the uk when it might be out would it be available for festivals and that's how you start that conversation so with a lot of films you know, with some films you're dealing directly with a sales agent and you're, and you're, you know, you, you're getting the films from them. Um, immediately after Cannes, obviously those sales agents may be striking deals for the UK for their particular films. So that right. means you're waiting until they've sold to a UK distributor who you then deal with to talk about booking the film. So there's a bit of a kind of, there's, there's a weird period after Cannes where it's just like nobody knows what's happening with any particular film. You know, they may be selling it, you know, they may have sold it, they don't know, you know, and then you, you know, depending on whether it's a sales agent or the distributor or sometimes a producer that you're talking to, you strike a deal with them as to whether you can screen the film. And that's dependent on what their UK release plans are, whether they're going to release it before you, whether they've got plans to go straight to VOD or straight mm. to straight to TV or Netflix or, or whatever. So there's a long kind of period of conversation where you are making sure that. So it's not just about liking the film. It's about liking the film, finding out whether the film's available and making sure that the film isn't out before the festival. Yeah, that's 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 from from what I was, you know, what my perceptions were looking from the outside in and being someone that goes. The idea that a film isn't available to show at a festival never crossed my mind. To be honest with you, this idea of because I guess I guess what you're saying is that sales or producers might go, that's not our strategy for this movie. So yeah, yeah, absolutely, they do. Yeah, that that's yeah. And then that, there'll be there'll be stuff like um, brand new viewing platforms, which mean that people can release films much more quickly. The window between the film being finished and ready and being screened on Shudder or you know Netflix is mm. it's much smaller gap between those two. So. Sometimes you get really lucky and you can really integrate yourself into marketing plans and help promote a film by doing it as a festival screening. Hmm. And other times you're unlucky and the film's going to be out before you and you do your best to kind of shout out about it because you saw it and love it. I guess because that, I mean, because that's the one thing that, that, um, that film festivals, certainly genre film festivals are, are offering is, is the chance to see the films on a big screen, isn't it? That's, 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 yeah, that's one of fans as well. I mm, think yeah. there's something nice about sitting in a dark cinema with a bunch of like-minded people, um, you know, who really want to engage with those films. Mm. Yeah, it's like I think it's like a I think it's a really pure cinematic experience going to a film festival to you know to watch a film because everybody is there because they want to see it. Everybody is there, hopefully, at least in you know our festival we found, you know, open-minded to it. 
And, you know, you get this big communal sense of seeing a film on the big screen with people who are really into it. And that you don't get that that, that often. Yeah. And, and with the films that we're showing, many of which won't necessarily get a full theatrical release in the UK, you may not get that anywhere else. Yeah, totally. And you see films sometimes that you just think, I really want to, I want to screen that film, like, like, uh, Prey, Dick Mass's mm. new film. Just thought it, you know, it was like a really, it was a breath of fresh air watching it one evening. Uh, because obviously you can't watch everything yourself in a viewing room or in a, um, a, a cinema or at a, at the Cannes Film Festival. So often you do that thing of tracking down screeners for films and asking people to send you them. And, um, Prey was one of those films where I kind of thought, Oh, this is hilarious. It's gory. It's fast paced. It's Dick Mars at, at his best. It's doing what he did with Saint. Mm. Uh, saintly kind of evil Saint Nicholas. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Murdering his way through uh, Amsterdam at Christmas. And this is a big cat, a, you know, a ferocious man eating lion on the loose, chomping its way through Dutch society with loads of black comedy and, and some hilarious sideswipes at European fascists, for example. So it's very, very good fun. So then you think, okay, we've got to get this. And then you have to really, like, you know, completely kind of email the hell out of them, go, we want your film. And then they turn around and give you the UK premiere. It was really, you know, a nice thing to do. So many times that audience, they're the first eyes on the film. Their opinion really matters. And and, a, and I remember going to an event at Cannes where they talked about film festivals being a key or a future for a lot of film distribution. Do, do you, do, and, and, you, and Chris, you mentioned there about maybe getting maybe the conversation ends up being talked about where your festival fits in terms of a plat you, you, using sounds not the wrong word but you know your festival becoming part of a marketing strategy so do you do you, do you feel that sense of what your festival can provide yeah I, I i think so and and it's different you know depending who you talk to like say you know like we said sometimes you get distributors who say oh actually we're not we're not seeing festivals as, as part of our strategy and and, mm. and and to us i think that's you know that that's a real shame because festivals, especially in the UK now, there's there's a whole batch of of great genre festivals and there's a whole cluster of them around a similar time to us. There's Abattoir, there's Celluloid Screams, there's Grim Up North. You know, so potentially if you play like you know two or three of those festivals, then you could have like a mini theatrical run for your for your film. You know, just playing to really great engaged full crowds across the country. Yeah, and that and that's great in terms. Yeah, filmmakers love it. You know, I, I think and those audiences, those audiences are totally engaged on social yeah. media, and they're mm. blogging about the film and they're shouting out about the film, and they they they've seen it at a festival, but they're going to buy it when it gets its Blu-ray release or DVD release, and they're going to recommend it when it's on Netflix or any other kind of platform. Um, so they're really useful. They're really useful. So I think there is there is a, a big part for festivals to play, not just as a kind of marketing. Um, thing marketing tool i suppose but um also as a way of of actually sort of building audiences interest in filmmakers in new projects in work that filmmakers are developing it's all opportunities for filmmakers too yeah because you you become um you become like a destination for film don't you people people can go we go to here and like you say there's there's a there's a there's a section of your audience which are going to come thursday to sunday aren't they so so in a way that's 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 like going away for a, you know, some people would go for a, for the weekend, you know, golfing, and therefore there's there's people that go for a weekend away and they're going to watch horror films. 
Yeah, yeah, people it's... book from, from early in the year. They book their holidays around when mayhem is. You know, mm. We know that because you tell us. So they say, oh, yeah, that, this is our weekend away You know, for the year. We're coming to mayhem. And, you know, people who've been coming for, you know, I don't know, even like 10 years now, almost 10 years. You know, it's it's they look forward to it because it's a time when they can catch up with with friends, you know, who, who have also been coming for years. You know, and, and it's not just people from Nottingham, it's people from around the country who are now coming to mayhem and seeing it as this kind of weekend break and and we sell a load of we you know we sell weekend passes which gets you into everything we sell the majority of those before we've announced the program wow yeah because people just you know if they've been before they trust that we're going to put on good films they like the atmosphere they like the cinema and they know they're going to have a good time Hmm. so you know they they're just like yeah whatever you're showing i'll be there and this might sound like over 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 um sentimental i don't know but every every genre festival i go to it's it's always it's always a welcoming um community there's not there's not this idea that it's hardcore and if you've not been before then you're not welcome it's almost like oh it's your first time come on let's get involved you know yeah you do genuinely see people making friends you see people um you know falling in love with each other but also as well well, genuinely (laughs) i think genuinely didn't we we had a couple that bonded over i spit on your grave years ago a child was conceived not during the festival (laughs) (laughs) certainly not during that film no i think but i I think it's that thing where people you know you've got a good communal space the cinema the theater itself and then you've got bars and breakout areas and people have a chance to talk to people about stuff they love you know they they love the genre Mm. Uh, and also they won't agree this is the thing i love is when there's someone going, oh, my God, what was that film? And someone else is going, I love that film. It's my favourite film. And I love the fact that there's debate and argument and passion around the genre. Now, also, I mean, I think these audiences are, like you say, very open and inclusive. And I yeah. think that, that's, that's something that you only know if you go to, you know, genre film festivals or horror film festivals. Mm. I think outside you can have this idea that it is going to be, oh, my God, you know, there are going to be these, you know, terrifying people who are just, <laughs> you can come on, you can, you can but, come on your own and yeah. you'll be you'll be really welcome and you'll be welcomed by um new friends no i mean that, that's 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 something that i think anyone listening who's thinking that they'd like to go that's one thing that i've always enjoyed is like because quite more often than not it was it was me out of my group of friends that wanted to go so it wasn't like i went with a bunch of people yeah. but you'd always fi- you'd always find people to talk to even if it's the person sat next to you you know it's yeah, just absolutely that's part of the fun, you know. The the minute a film finishes, the and there is and and obviously a normal cinema, it's not it's not it's not the etiquette, is it, to turn to the person next to you that you don't know and go, well, that was a good <laughs> film, wasn't it? Because then they'd go, you're you're a freak, stop talking to me. But and that's the thing, that's the thing with applause as well, isn't it? That yeah. if, if you go to the normal pictures, the, people don't break into applause, whereas at the end of a film and a film festival, people clap, and it's you know it's more of a theatrical experience. Indeed. Now, now you're open events with uh, with 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 a much with, with with a British film called Double Date, which has been getting uh, getting plenty applauded. So a, a good choice there. Um, a film that um, I guess it's it's a good mix of um, of good good blood and guts horror. Some yeah. Abs- uh, I think Danny Danny Morgan, who wrote and stars in the film, has got um, an absolute ear for a gag and an eye for the absurd. I mean, it's there's some real laugh out loud stuff in there. 
Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, and we don't want to spoil anything. Either, I wouldn't. I wouldn't dream about it. Great no. visual gags and there's some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's amazing fights. I was going to say, and then and then on top of that, there's some fantastic action sequences as well. It's stupendous, isn't it? It's really, it's a full-on rollicking, very funny and very dark uh, horror comedy. And again, is Michael Socher <laughs> is, is is he a Nottingham lad? Michael, Michael Soccer, who's, who's in it, and uh, Georgia, who's in it, are both um, East Midlands actors from Television Workshop, uh, a workshop that's really famous, I think, for its alumni, people like Toby Cabell. Yeah. Shane Meadows always frequented it to get cast of actors for mm. This Is England. Um, so you've got those, you've got those kind of, there's a connection with the film to the city in some ways, yeah. Now, there's a film, there's a, there's a, um... A film with a British connection, which I wasn't aware of till, till you know, preparing for this podcast. Um, there's a film you've got playing called Bitch, which Mariana Polka's Polk- yeah. film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not one, not one. I mean, it sounds like. Do you want to, do you want to tell people the basic concept for this because it is, it is quite out there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, B- Bitch is. We're playing it on uh, Friday afternoon, Friday mm-hmm. the thirteenth afternoon, mm-hmm. and it's kind of in a slot that we have kind of reserved for stuff that's quite out there and quite you know sort of on the fringes of genre in in, in terms of mm. you know uh so i always kind of appreciate that that when they're watching it and bitch is the story of a suburban housewife and mother who basically gets to the end of her tether with her husband who is essentially a philandering asshole yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah he's a real dick and she essentially, he comes home one day and the kids are freaking out because she has essentially become, not become, but not physically become, but, yeah, but psychologically really. become a, a dog. And she stripped herself naked and is now growling in the cellar. Covered in excrement. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so, you so, see, as far as a pitch goes, I'm in. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. And it's, a, it's this really satirical <clears throat> view of you know, relationships, gender relationships, yeah. uh, familial relationships. It's got, you know, some great performances in it. It's, you know, it's very funny, but it's, yeah, it's just this very it's weird, high-concept thing. It's a very odd cinema, yeah. isn't it? It's, there's not much out there like it. Yeah. Um, it is strange cinema, and I kind of yeah. think that's what we, we want to do. We want to have these moments where you can drop in yeah. something very, very strange. And what's quite interesting is, is that, uh, you know, amongst... There's, there's always themes every year to, mm. that, that seem to run through sort of horror and genre stuff. And this year, uh, gender uh, relationships seem to be, you know, very to the forefront. So, you know, we've, we've got Bitch, we've got 68 Kill. Mm-hmm. Uh, double got Date. Double Date. We've got Most Beautiful Island. We've got MFA. You know, all of those films have, you know, gender relationships at the heart of them uh, as a theme. And it's really interesting to see that. So Bitch is, is one of those things where it is absolutely the, the you know, the, the primary kind of concern is, is you know, th- th- this woman who feels so kind of, I don't know, psychologically damaged by her relationship to her husband and her family that she basically turns into this completely different animal. And like you say as well, Mariana Polka is a, a Scottish um, director based in Hollywood, but mm. a Scottish director. And um, and it's got a very curious approach, I think. It's a, it's a really curious film. I'm looking forward to seeing what people think of it. Yeah, and I think I think uh, Susan be paired if, if for anyone that was going for a Friday afternoon double bill to play uh, sixty eight kills straight after it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, equally uh, not so not so caper movie. <clears throat> it's it's I, I, a, I, a bit of programming, really. I mean, it's it's a nice contrast, an extreme contrast. 
And then, and then picking up another one of your um, one one of the British films on your program, you're going to be showing showing Nottingham the neon lights of the dark side of Manchester with uh, Simeon Halligan's <laughs> uh, habit, which I'm di- as as a Mancunian, I'm dying to see. Oh, yeah, it's a, it's a fantastic film, and it, it's really uh, nice to contrast in a way with Double Date, where you get these two very British um, horror films that couldn't be further apart. They can oh. be very British and very, very different from each other, which I think goes to show how broad British um, genre filmmaking can be. It's a really positive thing. Simeon's film's very um, very gritty, I guess, and it's yeah. neon-drenched, and it's very urban, and there's this kind of very, very ni- nicely observed kind of rough feel about the underclass and the people that are moving in the shadows of our society all the time. And that's really nicely drawn and explored by him in the film. And Double Date is much more of a kind of, yeah, yeah let's go down the pub and be lads and regret it um, kind of story. So there's a, a sort of look at um, a Britain, a contemporary look at a Britain in both films, but to very, very different end results. Sims film is very, um, uh, very violent and um and very, um, at the same time, sort of luxurious. It, you know, it luxuriates yeah. in that violence. It's, uh, it loves the image of the gore and the neon and, um, and you know, the blood. And, yeah, and the massage parlours. There's something yeah. fascinatingly tactile about the whole thing. It's a great British genre film. No, I, li- I like. I mean, I'm, I must admit, I like it when cinema takes us to places that that I don't frequent, and yeah. it sort of gives you that gives you that ability to observe it without having to get your hands dirty for one of the best. It's actually kind of an underworld horror film. <laughs> So one of, one of the things that, that it, it, it seems it seems even odd asking the question, given um, given that this is your thirteenth festival, but uh, given given the uh, given the massive success in recent in, in the last week of uh, of the Stephen King adaptation, the adaptation of Stephen King's It, um, the op-ed pieces are now telling us that it's the return of horror. Did it ever go away? Uh, no, no. But I have to say, <laughs> I, I haven't seen it yet. Um, and uh, I'll see it, uh, definitely. Um, but it's that thing, isn't it? Two weeks ago, it was all about alt horror. Mm. Alt horror was the new thing that the critics oh, were writing about. Post, and this post horror. Post horror. Post horror. Yeah, post horror. And now you've got this thing where it's a, it's a horror revival. You think it <laughs> It's just the horror's diverse and broad, and there are lots of there's rooms for different styles and approaches to genre and subgenres. Um, and different voices are represented in horror. It's a really rich genre, um, and it's not going to go away, is it? It feels it's a perennial. It's one of the first films ever made. <laughs> It'll be one of the last films ever made. It certainly will. It certainly will. Now, you're, um, I, we have to talk about the fact that you've got at Mayhem. You're showing Mayhem. Was that was that an easy was that an easy thing to get, or was it kind of you <laughs> could you could obviously see the marrying up of the two titles? I have was to say, it like. When, when I wrote to the distributors and said, hi, this is this is Chris from Mayhem. We'd really like to screen Mayhem. They did say, that's great. And um, when we were out in Cannes and yeah. I, went to, um, I went to see the sales agents for the film and said, hi, I'm Chris from Mayhem. We'd really like to screen Mayhem. They went, oh, my God, come over here, everybody. This <laughs> it's even strange that we've actually got quite similar fonts. As yeah. well, so it's similar I'm to just, our old logo, isn't it? It's right? similar to our old logo, yeah. yeah. And I'm kind of impressed with, with with their style. It's a really, really sort of fast-paced, um, satirical uh, horror film, really, isn't it? And it's it's very full-on and inventive and very characterful. So um, we wanted to put it on, 
I, and you know what? It's, sometimes it's really hard to write grammatical sentences when you're trying to promote stuff where you go, uh, mayhem. Oh, no, that's us. Uh, mayhem screams at mayhem. Will people get confused? And you, you know what I mean? But so it is it is a, inevitable that we have to put it on. But the great thing is it's a really, really, really good film. We would have been really pissed off if we hadn't put it on and somebody else had put it on. That would have been, you know. That yeah. If if the other horror film festivals had put it on and we had missed out on it, that would have been bad. Yeah, you can't have mayhem at mayhem. Yeah. It'll confuse. <laughs> well, look, let's remind everybody when when mayhem takes place. It's the 12th to the 15th of October at Broadway Cinema in Nottingham. OK, I'll put a link in the show notes for where people can get tickets. Oh, Brilliant. Thanks Thank much. you. Thank you for your time, guys. If you don't already subscribe to Britflix, just sign up for free at iTunes and you'll get the next episode right after we launch it. Or follow at Britflix on Twitter for links to the podcast to stream from the website directly. Thank you. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Discover South Carolina.